Help us keep the music going. Welcome to the Music Room, the podcast dedicated to keeping music alive in primary and elementary schools throughout the world. I'm Mark Lee, and I'm passionate about ensuring that schools provide an environment where children are given an opportunity to foster a love for music and have a chance to express it. Together with my guests, we're here to help teachers and parents by sharing information, tips and techniques from music education experts and practicing music teachers. So let's get into it. The Music Room Podcast is proudly sponsored by Bushfire Press. And uh, here we go with uh, episode two of our humble little podcast. It's all about networking and what's important about it, how you do it, and uh, and why you do it. Um, and we have the lovely Debbie O'Shea from Queensland. Now, I'm uh, broadcasting here from uh, the Dandenong Ranges out of Melbourne, where it's a it's a slightly grim and misty moisty afternoon, even though it is spring. And the first thing that a Melbourneian wants to do is ask the other person what the weather is like. So Debbie, what's the weather like up there? Well, I live in <laughs> Queensland, the absolute best place on earth. However, I do think that here in Brisbane, um, I think that the weather has decided to skip spring. We have gone from <laughs> winter to an absolute heat wave. And now on top of that, we have this wind blowing madly. It's it's virtually a dust storm. And we have fires, terrible fires out Stanthorpe Way. Um, everything is dry and the wind is blowing. So as much as I'd like to say it's sunny and beautiful, um, at the moment, it's a little too summery for us. So we need a little bit of rain then back to spring weather. Okay, well, we'll send some up from Melbourne. We, I think we can spare a little bit. Um, now, Debbie, uh, living up in Brisbane, um, some of you have, would have met Debbie, I'm sure, at the, at the Maryborough Music Conference, which is every two years, and I thoroughly recommend you get along to that. And pretty much everyone in, in, uh, in Queensland must know you by now, Debbie, with all of your workshops and, and your, your on-screen activity, your on-screen, online activity and all of that. Uh, but I just realised that living in Brisbane is probably why you've got pink hair. It's, <laughs> it's sunburned. <laughs> it could be. It could be. So yes. you've got to go. You have to go and visit Debbie's website just so you can see her pink hair. Okay. Oh, yes, please do. Crescendo.com.au. <laughs> <laughs> and that'll be in the show notes, as will all the points that Debbie's going to be addressing today, folks. Um, as well as uh, as well as a, a musical recipe and some other good stuff. Okay, now Debbie, let's get straight into it. Let's unpack, drill down, and roll out what uh, networking is all about and why it's important for music teachers. Oh, absolutely right. Well, I'm so passionate about this area, and when we were chatting about this topic, I went away and, like like a very good educator, was reflecting on why am I so passionate about this networking thing? And anyone who knows me uh, professionally, I think would agree that networking is at the core of everything I do. And I'm thinking, but does that mean I'm, you know, this smarmy networking? You know, networking has a bit of a, um, can have a negative connotation. And I'm sure that's not why I do it. So I was saying, why am I such a networker? So I came up with five points that I think um, have 
turned me into the networker. So first off, I thought it's my need uh, to connect and to be sociable because I just love being with people, listening to people, bouncing off people, talking to people. And I just think that that's a basic human need to connect. And, and that's one of the reasons why I network. And I think that's basic to most humans. And I think the second reason is that feeling of belonging, of finding my tribe, you know, the, the people that, that can understand me and, and feel me, man, you know, that's uh, number two. Uh, number three, I think it's support in those hard times, in those unique problems that we have in our job. And as music educators, um, we have problems that other people don't. Um, I guess it's like that in any job, isn't it? So yeah. you're looking yeah. to find support from like-minded people, people who won't look at you funny when you complain about something, you know, <laughs> go, oh, I understand you. Um, I also, I think, look to my network for teaching ideas, uh, plain and simple teaching ideas. And fifth, I think it's to gain motivation and inspiration for myself. And I think they're the five um, main reasons why I became uh, addicted to networking. That's what I think. Yep. Um, but I reckon as time went on, though, I think that my reasons to network became much broader than that. Um, so to start off with, just connecting with people, I mean, that's, that's a very superficial sort of thing. But I, I think it, it, it led to less isolation. It's one of those jobs, music teaching can be very isolating. You can be the only one in your school. You probably are. You are probably the only one in several schools. Um, so if you have this network of other music teachers, you, you just don't feel that isolation the same way. And, and so that was a great consequence of just this connection and finding all sorts of opportunities through that networking for you, for your career, for finding work, for volunteering, for your students, for performing, finding a conductor, making contact with a composer, all sorts of things that you wouldn't even dream about happen through those connections. So that just need to be sociable is actually a much bigger sort of area. And I think that expanded as time went on and I saw the power of that. Um, and as for the belonging with the tribe, you get all of those great relationships, professional and personal. And also, as time went on, since I'm no spring chicken, um, you also get to maintain those professional contacts that may have been lost before the day and age of um, computer networking. You know, someone you might not see that you worked with in another city, you're now able to maintain a connection and a friendship. So that belonging and that tribe and those relationships became more and more important as time went on. Um, the next one I, I think about that support, finding support for your problems, can become even more important as 
you find mentors, you might want help in choral conducting and you find people that can help you. You can get help with specific problems. And so that support network became more and more um, specific as it was needed as my career went on. So you can never underestimate that support. So that was another reason. Um, the teaching ideas, well, heavens, just trying to keep up with all of the innovations and learning myself. And of course, motivation and inspiration kept going. But as time went on, there were two more, I think, that I can add to networking, the, the reasons why I network. And that was personal development. Hadn't even thought of that when I started um, forming these relationships, but it's improved my communication skills. Um, I've discovered all sorts of interesting research now. I jump onto things and read about um, different studies. Uh, it, it has taught me tolerance and patience for other people's points of view. Uh, it's not all about me, 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 me. It's about others as well. Um, and it's taught me to be more vulnerable, I guess, um, to, to be a little bit more honest about, not that I was ever dishonest, I don't mean to say that, um, but it's, it's taught me to be more daring um, in, in what I do with my network. And more importantly, as I've become older and more experienced, it's more about giving. Networking is about giving. It's about sharing. It's about paying it forward. It's about helping others. Um, and it's led to all sorts of really interesting collaborations um, and relationships. But it's all about giving. It's not about taking. It's about giving. So I really think that's why I network. Is that is that a good enough summary, Mark? I think that's a good enough summary. You've got the... <laughs> You've got the seven points there and they are in the notes, everybody. So don't, don't, you don't have to write anything down. Just listen and take it all in. Okay. You, and you've got more to tell us, I think, Debbie. Um, oh, well, yes. Oh, I guess what you should be worried about is, um, you know, will we ever be able to stop her? Because <laughs> you've, got, you've got me on my soapbox. Well, and, that's, uh, that's what this is for. Okay, okay, because it is hard to get off my soapbox. Right. Well, I think I tried to put together a few dot points about um, where I think you should go to network. Um, in, in this day and age, uh, 2019, I, I tell you what, we are so lucky to be alive at this point in time with our careers. When I look at how things have developed, I just the connections that you can make through the internet are just astounding. Oh, I just love it. The whole world has opened up for us. We can make such fabulous connections. So here's my 10 points. Are you ready? Good okay. Ready. So number one, I think every music educator should be involved in. And I'm sorry, I don't want to get all preachy, but occasionally I will sound a bit preachy. So just forgive me if I do. Um, professional associations. I really think that we should all be involved in some sort of professional association. Uh, I realise that cost can be an issue, uh, but don't forget that your school might pay for you 
um, they do have budgets for professional development. And you can certainly make an argument um, for professional associations being professional development because they are. So I'm in oh, at least three that I can think of. So I'm in Kamiya, the Kodai Music Education Institute of Australia, being a Kodai-inspired teacher. Um, I'm on the Queensland Committee and have, in fact, in fact, I was awarded life, honorary life membership last year. Uh, I've been involved since I was a student at 18 or 19. So very passionate um, about what they can offer. And I'm delighted to be able to give back through Kamiya. Um, I'm a member of ASME. I believe that they are our umbrella organisation and hopefully moving forward can help to unite some of the slightly disparate groups within music education. Uh, so ASME, and I'm a member of ANCA, um, the Choral Conductors Association. And I could be in many, many more, uh, but I just have to draw the line. I was in the ORF Association for a little while, but it just, it does become, I pay for these myself and it just becomes a, a bit of a financial thing. But I really do think that we should be involved. We should read their newsletters, join their discussions, join a committee if you can. If you're in a regional area, you could start a regional subcommittee or a support group out in regional areas because that's one of the things we've got in Australia uh, that not every country city has. We've got problems with distance. We've got a network across thousands of, of kilometres so um, uh, just look for those networks. So in the show notes, I've put a few uh, links there. You can get on and join an association. Have a look at what they've got to offer you. Um, the newsletters I find are fabulous. And they've got discussion lists, all sorts of stuff. Two, colleagues are your, I think, your main source of network support if you like you've got to find someone i think that you can vent to uh, i think you've got to be careful to not whinge at them all the time because they won't stay your trusted mm. colleague for that's very a, long that's a pretty good point because uh, sometimes it feels like they desperately deserve to be whinged at <laughs> <laughs> yes yes there so is hold that. on to that and whinge at somebody else instead Yes, but there is a difference between like venting and whinging. Like if I emailed or or texted a, a trusted colleague and went, oh, I just had a grade six class today that it's, they're driving me nuts. I don't know what to do. Please help me at my wits end. Now, like that's very different than just whinging. You know, it, it's more about being honest and seeking help. Yeah, but you don't want to be negative all the time. Yeah. But you do need to have a couple of people that you can trust to uh, share your problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's. Really um, good and advice. I su I suggest find really useful ones too, ones that will listen and be empathetic, um, but not dismissive. You know, that will actually help. It, it you know I think it's a bit tricky sometimes to find someone that you can trust enough to to really um share mm, mm. do you know what i mean yeah yes. certainly so be careful i do think be careful yes yeah. um and i think if you can organize observing your colleagues it's not easy to do but you can 
talk your administration into sometimes because classroom teachers, it's common practice here in Queensland anyway, that classroom teachers have programs, sometimes they're called WOW, watching others work, um, and they go into classrooms and watch other teachers and learn from each other. We don't get to do that. Uh, but if you asked your principal and, you know, spent some of your professional development money because schools have to spend mm. PD money on you, um, go and visit other music teachers. I love having visitors in my music room. I quite often have people popping in. Of course, you've got to get permission from your admin. But if there's someone near you that you would like to go and watch, talk to them, talk to your principal, talk to their principal and go visit them. Yeah. Uh, there's yeah. nothing quite as powerful as seeing another teacher work. Yes, and that's, that's uh, as you say, that's um, something that falls in very neatly into the PD requirement that, the, the teach, that they must spend some money on you anyway for PD, yeah. So this is yes, a terrific way of using it. And it's, it's accessible. Yes, and I think if you look at it, because you've, you've got your PD money and, of course, my next point is professional development. You need mm -hmm. to do that. But I would honestly say even the best PD workshop you've been to, if you weigh that against observing for half a day an amazing classroom music teacher, I know which one you're going to get more from. Yeah, sure, sure. You know, and this is coming from someone who runs professional development. Um, so I don't mean to shoot myself in the foot, but really you can't do better than observing um, another music teacher. Yeah, I think definitely. That's, that's really powerful. So anyone who wants to come visit Brisbane, come visit me in my classroom, you're welcome. Just send me an email. Yeah, just beware okay. though. It's, well, beware. It's, it's getting hotter at the moment up there. Maybe you want to... <laughs> Wait till, wait till autumn. Wait till autumn. <laughs> Autumn's beautiful. Yeah, come up in autumn. Um, so third point, professional yep. development for networking. Go to workshops. Um, I don't think many people are quite as crazy as me with their PD hours. I just sometimes look at the hours I've done and gone, this is just ridiculous. Um, but obviously I love it and I get so much out of it. Um, as I've said, I help Kodai Queensland run workshops just on the committee and I also as Crescendo run workshops but I attend so many other workshops as well I, it's just I'm just addicted I guess but apart from the actual workshop it's talking to the teachers that are there mm. so I think mm. that sometimes mm. your yep. half hour at morning tea yes is just as valuable as the five hours listening to the presenter Absolutely, and you might well pick up some people or meet some people that you'd like to go and watch teaching too. So, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, no, I think that's, that's vital. And all in my feedback forms, because um, uh, oh, it's been about 20 years since I've started running my own PDs, so I've got a lot of feedback forms to read, um, and it nearly always in those feedback forms, it says that the communication, the connections and the chatting at lunch breaks mm. was one of their favourite things. And it, it just comes through all the time. So turn up to your PD, join in, absorb, learn, talk, connect. I think that that's... And also you're more likely to meet up with people that are like-minded. You know, for me as a Kodai mm. teacher, if I yep. go to a Kodai workshop, I'm going to most likely meet people 
that are of a philosophic have a philosophical framework similar to mine. Yes, so indeed. more likely to connect. Oh, however, having said that, I think it's important to not own to not just stay in your lane. I think it's important to get out there. I love the Maribara Music Conference, as you've mentioned, because there's all sorts of people mm. from all different ideas connecting there. Um, you know, it's where we personally connected. Yes, um, absolutely. So, and, and you're not a Kodai-inspired teacher down the road from me. Yes. You know, so I, I think it's important, even though I've just sort of said, um, stay in your lane, but don't. Get out of your lane too. You need to, yeah. you need to do both of those. Well, yeah. well, professional development has really has really guided my entire life, really, since I started teaching. I was a classroom teacher and I went along to a music branch uh, camp at um, Lawn in Victoria that was run by the tiny, weeny little 15-person music branch. That's 15 for, I think, for the entire state of Victoria. And uh, they were just trying to inspire classroom teachers to do more music and I had I got so excited by what we did there that I just that that was it I had to be a music teacher one way or another and and then being a music teacher and and uh, going along to upbeat workshops back in the day um, made me want to be a music publisher so it's it's uh, you, you just have no idea where workshops and PD might take you in your career isn't that amazing I yeah, I could not agree more. I think it, it's about those connections that you make. Again, the power of network. Mm. It was the connections that you made in that PD that pivoted your life. And yep. and I think that most of us, if we were if we were to sit and try to track our career, I think we'd find at all the important junctures where we made decisions or changes or reaffirmed direction, I think we'd find it was based on a contact or contacts or network or inspiration from someone else that, mm. that guided us. Um, so that's why it's essential that we do these things. Absolutely. Okay, on to the next one. Point four, oh, Debbie's favourite. It is a bit of a rabbit hole. Go down this one, you might not get back out. Uh, Facebook groups. Uh, really, I think most of us know about Facebook groups. It's a matter, though, sometimes of having too many. Um, so I'll just list a couple of my favourites. I'm going to mention my Crescendo ones, and I'd love people to come and be part of the Crescendo community. That's the closed group. Um, you just have to ask to join just so that I don't get randoms. Um, but the conversations and support within a community like that um, are just so wonderful. Someone just has to jump in and say, you know, um, how do you set up your classroom? And boom, 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 there's all this fabulous. I, I just love it. Um, yep. And, of course, again, I'm going to say the Kodai pages. Uh, we have the, uh, the Queensland discussion. So most of them, these sort of associations have a professional page you know the proper page and then a discussion group so i really think it's important to sort of you know like the official page mm. and participate in the discussion group so the discussion group is only as strong as the members in it so yes. just jumping in and adding a sentence makes the biggest difference because if you think if everyone in the group does that 
wow, what a resource. Um, yes. And there's many, many others all based on different um, uh, company, different businesses and companies and as well as philosophies and outlooks. The, the, the music teachers one that now has over 30,000 members, um, mainly American, but there's a lot of us in there from Australia as well. Um, so I'd probably put those three areas as my main ones. Which ones would you add to there, Mark? Oh, I'd have to add the Bushfire Press. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was going to leave that opening for you. Yes. Yeah, we, yes, we have. Well, we have community pages which are which are open, and we have closed groups too. So, and the closed groups do tend to be uh, specific areas of interest, such as uh, teachers of uh, who use the ORF approach or. Uh, teachers who use music room or whatever so yeah there's plenty there's absolutely loads of Facebook uh, uh, groups and pages that are useful to music teachers there's plenty and you can get lost on I can assure you oh you can you can and especially if um, like me you've developed a philosophy or have a philosophy of sharing and giving you want to I want to help. I'd like to just add a suggestion or mm. have you thought of going here or here's a link. So yep. every, literally everything I read, I think, oh, oh, do I have anything that I could contribute? <laughs> My heavens. So that's the downside of wanting to share, isn't it? Um, but you, you should make sure you stick your bushfire links in those show notes. There, we'll Mark. do. Yep. Yes. Sorry. And I'm we're on to... It looks like we're on to this next uh, uh, topic of, or next uh, suggestion of work chat groups. Yes, this may or may not be applicable to you, but for me, because I work for the Department of Education in Queensland, and we have chat groups within our system. So, you know, primary music teachers, and we just sort of ask each other questions and there's one for instrumental music teachers here in Queensland so uh, just just see depending on your school and your system whether there is something you, you know um, IB schools might have a, a, a mm -hmm. sort of a, a group chat type thing so it's just something worth looking at to, because I find that quite valuable too okay so I, I really haven't uh... I haven't seen them for a very long time, chat groups. Uh, so I, I have nothing, no information on them at all. Mm. Well, they really are just, it's run by your system. Mm. So uh, for us, you've got to go in the learning place and join the, this, this your particular group. And then you just literally get emails from them. And if you yep. want to discuss, you just, you know, type to primary music chat. So yep. um, some your work will either have it or not have it. So I guess that's one to take advantage of if you've got it, that's all. Yes. Um, so blogs is the next one. Now, some people are blog fanatics. I love them. They're amazing, but I don't regularly read people's blogs. I tend to just find them if I'm reading um there might be a Facebook post or a, a little reference in um, a, a piece of research that I'm just reading about and it might link me to a blog. So I tend to pop in and out of blogs yeah. or through Pinterest. Um, however, there are some bloggers that, that I really like and I think to myself, 
oh, I wish I had time to just sit and read through these. But I tend to only find them when I need them. Like, for example, I've not been using my boom whackers enough lately. I need a bit of inspiration. I hop onto Pinterest or Google search and I will find various blogs will pop up and I'll read bits and pieces. So I tend to use blogs more incidentally or on, yep. on a needs basis, if yep. you like. Yep. yep. Okay. That's, that's I, interesting. I can understand though people would religiously follow somebody's blog. Yeah. Um, and I think I wish I could. I just don't have time for that. But. Yeah, I think, I think most people are in that sort of boat. But if you know, if you know of a good, um, a good boomwhacker blog or if you know of a good uh, techno blog or, or whatever and you, you want to do a little bit of that work, um, that can often be a good way to uh, jump in and reignite your, uh, your imagination and get you going. Oh, but, absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah. and make those connections. Yeah. You know, like if you're, yeah. if you're Googling um, IT and technical stuff for music education, you're going to find the amazing Katie Wardrobe, aren't you? You're going to find so the amazing Katie Wardrobe and you're going to find with the, if you, uh, the uh, uh, Cheryl Burgermeister from South Australia. Yes, She's yes, a, Cheryl a, too. She does a good techno blog and um, it's not every week. But uh, if you're in the mood, it's the sort of blog that, that you just check in on to see if there's anything there, uh, any new um, tricks and games and projects that uh, since the last time you were in, that sort of thing. Whereas, and yes. Katie's got all sorts of training available through hers. Yes, and, and, and I, I think that that's the sort, for me, that's an example of if there's a specific area of interest for yes. you, you find the blogs that work for you, you know? Uh, that's it. That's but, it. Exactly. Yeah. And you connect with those people. Again, yes. your network has expanded. Yes. So, Absolutely. So now, and which leads me to podcasts. Um, yep. And I will, <laughs> I will admit right here, um, my name is Debbie and I'm a podcastaholic. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Debbie. <laughs> Hello, Debbie. Yes. Look, it, I mean, really, I just have, and I'll tell you what's turned me into a podcastaholic. Um, of course, I would love them anyway, but I have a 35-minute drive to school yeah. each day. Yep. So I have uh, an hour and 10 minutes in the car. Yep. Now, radio was okay, and occasionally it was fabulous, but mostly it was annoying. Uh, <laughs> so when I found podcasts, oh, and now, though, now podcasts vie with um, Audible, so I'm also an audio book fanatic. But oh, yeah, anyway, yeah. Yep. But podcasts literally have changed my life. Now, mm -hmm. uh, we could go off on a big tangent here, but I won't. Um, <laughs> no, because most people have a 35-minute drive and this podcast probably two hours now. So. <laughs> yeah, yes, and if you don't get me off the soapbox soon, oh, my God, you can just say, you know, Debbie, shut up. Okay, all right. No, but. And I am actually very, very determined to start podcasting myself um, and I've been trying to get it going. But anyway, that's when you work full-time and run a business, yeah, there's just, you've got to prioritise things. Now, my favourite podcasts, you know, you guys have to find your own, but obviously music education, but I listen to a lot of business, social media, uh, marketing uh, and a lot of 
like self-development stuff, life coaching type. And I just, I, I really think listening to podcasts has literally changed my life. So mm. I feel I've made a lot of connections and increased my network through um, listening to podcasts. So I think that's important. Okay. And it really just leaves me with three more. Yep. So Pinterest. You know, I don't know. What else do you have to say about Pinterest? It's amazing. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll put the link to, to my Pinterest page if anyone's yep. listening and they want to go in and like things. Um, I just think for a source of inspiration and ideas, yes. Yes. Um, fabulous. Um, and, again, finding people that you can connect with, finding your tribe, that's, that's what it's about, networking. Mm. Um, so, and I think that sometimes people don't see Pinterest as that. They just see it as a source of teaching ideas. But it's more than that. It's, it's connection. So, um, I, you know, I don't know. There's not much more to say about that apart from those people who are in it know how valuable it is. And, again, it's a bit of a rabbit hole, isn't it? Mm. Get in there and you think, hold on, I was looking up ways to use uh, xylophones for practising this and I've ended up looking at chocolate cake recipes. But, anyway, but, okay. So, Pinterest, uh, YouTube. I adore YouTube and I have a YouTube channel which um, I'll pop those that link in the show notes and I've started doing a teaching tip Tuesday at just a little quick video once a week with little ideas and thoughts uh, but again that's the sort of thing that I think really connects us as music educators yes, indeed. finding little things like that and and connecting and getting teaching ideas and inspiration through there and i did have as my number 10 um because i just have to say it because it's my little passion project, <laughs> um, i have to put in crescendo um which officially i started in the year 2000 um and it's i've had a membership site since active since 2003 i think it is um anyway so it's been we've been going for a long time um and i just think i value my network of crescendo people um very highly and i hoping that that sharing community values each other that's that's my whole goal so that we can support and connect and I think everybody out there listening has just connected to you, Debbie. <laughs> oh, I hope so. Hello, anybody who doesn't know. <laughs> uh, and then uh, thank you so much for your wonderful thoughts, your multitude of wonderful thoughts. Uh, the listener will be very glad to know that, that these are really nicely uh, written down in the show notes and there's plenty to have a look at there and plenty to chase up once you get there. Now, also on the show notes, uh, we have, uh, we normally actually have a, or we are normally going to be having hints and tips from practicing teachers. Uh, send your hints and tips in from anywhere in the world. Um, I'd love them if they came as a, uh, an MP3 recorded on your phone or, or, a, or a little video or something of you describing your hint or your tip for teaching music in primary schools. There will not be one on this particular podcast because you will have a link 
to Debbie's Crescendo site, which has about 10,000 hints and tips all nicely videoed. <laughs> so we don't have to, we, we really need to start there, I think. Okay. <laughs> that would be lovely. I would appreciate that. That would be lovely. <laughs> Okay. Now, um, I just got a bing on my phone. I think that came through the system and I thought I had everything off, but never mind. Um, okay, folks, we hope you have enjoyed this podcast. Please tell your friends, please subscribe. And uh, we're going to leave you with oh, there's a, oh, oh, two things. Firstly, there's a recipe on the uh, show notes and the recipe this week comes from Puccini, who loves beans so much that he sent his publisher some very special beans and a recipe to prepare them. And that recipe is on the show notes. Uh, and we'll end now with a quote from Friedrich Nietzsche, which is, without music, life would be a mistake. Very, very dark, ponderous, deep thing that one is. Enjoy, share, network, and we'll see you all next time. Bye-bye, Debbie. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye, Mark. Thank you for joining the Music Room podcast with me, Mark Leahy. For show notes and other resources, please visit us at musicroom.net.au. And while you're there, subscribe to future episodes so that you can help us keep the music going. I'd love to invite you to join the Free Bushfire Press Community Facebook page too, where you can get more tips and techniques, ask questions and stay abreast of Music Room events. And please be sure to share this and other episodes with teaching colleagues and school parents. If you have a question or a subject you'd like covered on the podcast or have a recommendation for a guest to interview, please contact me at mark at bushfirepress.com. The Music Room Podcast is part of the Experts on Air Podcast Network and is brought to you by Bushfire Press.